This week's topic is staying ahead of the storm. Stay tuned. You're listening to Water Flying, a weekly podcast to bring you all things seaplanes. I'm Steve McCoy, the Executive Director of the Seaplane Pilots Association. And I'm Abby Kellett, Assistant to the Executive Director at the Seaplane Pilots Association, and I'm also a flight instructor in seaplanes. The Seaplane Pilots Association is committed to protecting and promoting water flying. We achieve this by working to maintain and expand waterway access. We promote seaplane safety, create educational programs, produce the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community, and we create exciting seaplane events. We want to continue to improve this podcast, and we encourage your feedback. Feel free to reach out to us if there is anything you would like to hear in future episodes. So thanks for listening. Let's jump right in. Hey guys, we're back with Water Flying. Today we're joined by my good friend and partner, Alex Vaca, who is the general manager of Winter Haven Airport, America's seaplane capital, home to Jack Brown Seaplane Base and the Seaplane Pilots Association. So Alex, as a storm approaches, thank you for taking time out to touch, uh, talk with us today. I appreciate the invitation, Steve. So we wanted to make sure we made an episode dedicated to hurricane preparedness with the 2021 Atlantic hurricane season pretty much in full swing right now. I think we're on our fifth named storm this season. And as as we're recording this, so I think by the time this episode comes out, the storm will obviously not be in the same position. But right now, as we are talking, um, my phone just went off. We are currently on tornado watch for Polk County. So here in Winter Haven. And it said moderate rain starting in 10 minutes. And it's weird how accurate that really is. You could stand up. There it's scary. Just, yeah. yeah. And yeah. actually, if you listen to this on the release, which will be Wednesday, uh, the storm will actually be here. Yeah, uh, I think so we'll if you're listening to this on day one, um, we should be feeling the effects of the storm. Yeah, definitely. So that's Tropical Storm Elsa is what is currently, I think it's hitting Southwest Florida right now. And not quite with us yet, but I think we're still feeling the effects. But in the next couple of days, it'll be a lot heavier and we'll definitely see some rain, um, probably some winds. And it'll be a concern for any pilots, just as any hurricane is as it moves through. So winds of 50 miles per hour, gusts of 60, moving nine miles an hour. And she's made her way through the Caribbean. She's actually killed three people. Some houses fell on people. Just really unfortunate. So she's the earliest fifth name storm on record. I thought that was a fun fact. She beat out last year. Yes. For the fifth Not a good thing storm. for us to be setting new records with. Yeah, so. exactly. That storm season is moving earlier and earlier. So. Yes. So as a Florida native, I've been through my share of these little hurricanes and tropical storm affairs, including uh, Hurricane Andrew in August of 1992, which was the biggie hurricane uh, uh, category five that took out Homestead, Florida, took out uh, Kermit Weeks original museum uh, as well. And I flew hurricane relief for uh, several months uh, going down into the affected area. Uh, also, uh, recently we had Hurricane Irma that affected me with the uh, Cessna 140 on straight floats. And um, for those of you who don't know, um, we in Florida and anywhere on the eastern seaboard or Gulf Coast of the United States should know that hurricane season starts around June 1st or June 1st every year and goes through November 30th. 
And it seems to be that we're getting more active storms earlier every year. And uh, the most active time seems to be August through the beginning of October, with the largest storms generally being later in the summer as well. So uh, this year, NOAA, the National Oceanographic Administration, uh, is predicting an above uh, average year for hurricanes, which is funny because I hear that every year, it seems like. It's <laughs> always a record-breaking year. Yeah, every, every time they're telling us it's going to be above normal, so at least recently in, in my memory. Uh, but for 2021, uh, they're predicting 13 to 20 named storms. And for, to be a named storm, they need to have winds of 39 miles an hour or higher. Um, they're looking at 6 to 10 uh, predicted to become hurricanes. That's with winds of 74 miles an hour or higher. And 3 to 5 major hurricanes. And these are the ones we really have to worry about. These are the Category 3, 4, and 5s. And those start at winds of 111 miles an hour or higher. Those are serious damage creators. Those are the ones that take out airplanes um, more than anything, um, take out trees, power lines, all the kind of infrastructure. I think you may be able to even hear a squall coming through. Yeah, right now. I, I took my headset <laughs> off. So if you hear that looking around. little background noise, that's all rain. That's a <laughs> squall coming through. So uh, some of the considerations that uh, you may want to think about before storm season is to have a plan where to put your airplane. And you must think about worst case scenarios with this. I know a couple of years ago when Irma came through, we were kind of really scrambling to find shelter for my Cessna 140 on straight floats. It was a big deal. And thankfully, the airport here at Winter Haven worked with everyone to find hangers. We ultimately found a hangar for the airplane. Uh, also, you need to know what your insurance covers as far mm -hmm. as storm damage. Uh, and you need to have a plan for repositioning your airplane. Uh, and Abby uh, brought something new to the table today with her policy. Yeah, my dad actually mentioned it. So, you know, the Cessna 150 that um, that he owns, it has hurricane relocation coverage. So the provider will actually pay to move the airplane out of harm's way, which makes a lot more sense as an insurance provider. Wouldn't you want to pay just the relocation rather than paying for damages, paying for maybe a total loss of the aircraft. Like that's just, you know, common sense to me. So that's hurricane relocation coverage. Talk to your provider. So check into that. That's something that mm -hmm. I didn't know as the you native. You learned something today, Steve. <laughs> wow. So, and I think it's awesome that we have like real, this, we don't have fully effects going on here. We actually have storm sounds in the background uh, that are being picked up. So and a tornado watch. <laughs> yeah, <So>. nice. Hopefully. <laughs> It doesn't get any worse as we make the podcast. Uh, but something to think about, take pictures of your aircraft. You should always have pictures of the inside and outside of your aircraft for any insurance claims. Uh, but make sure you also uh, uh, really uh, take a look at your panel with these photos and make sure that everyone knows that your investment in a your avionics. Yeah, absolutely. So Alex, I'd love you to take us through some of the options we have as pilots considering where we want to put our aircraft to weather the storm. Yeah, well, uh, th thank you, Abby. You know, you guys bring up a, a bunch of excellent points, and I, I think all of this starts 
with having a plan. Yes. Getting information mm -hmm. uh, as soon as you can about the storm. Uh, as we've seen throughout the years, the severity is so different on these. They can go from uh, what we have right now, a tropical storm, where we think, you know, Polk County will probably sustain winds less than 20 miles an hour uh, on its current path uh, to the worst case of, of, you know, Category 4 and 5 hurricanes. Mm -hmm. That can be devastating. So, uh, it's important for our city government to stay ahead of the storm. Uh, we do preparation planning across the city uh, to help our residents. But here at the airport, we pay close attention to the aircraft that are here and our tenants. Uh, we're communicating uh, constantly with our base tenants to you know, determine whether or not they'll be relocating their aircraft and what vacancies are available uh, at our hangars here to provide those uh, assistance as necessary to the the tenants that do decide to leave their aircraft uh, during the storm. Uh, I think a lot of people uh, will tend to wait uh, and determine uh, the storm, but mm -hmm. it's important not to wait too long. Yeah. <laughs> so you still need to be proactive and stay ahead of it. Um, you know, there's some, things, some considerations to be had in relocating your aircraft. Mm -hmm. As we've seen in years past, uh, we've seen aircraft um, evacuate to the west and have the storm deviate to the west and vice versa, have the storm mm -hmm. plan to be to the west and go to the east. So uh, having a plan of where you're going to relocate that aircraft um, that ensures that it is clear out of the storm uh, because the last thing you want to do is move it. And, and as we've seen, the spaghetti plot can can change rapidly. It, it, change, it changes uh, by the hour so and wildly because I think on Saturday we were in the middle of the cone and now we're not even, we're, we're outside the perimeter or right on the edge of the cone. And that makes a big difference. It does. It makes a huge difference. And so, you know, I think the best thing, one of the pieces of advice that I'd offer is get educated on what they think the storm is going to do, but, you know, use your best judgment based on experience, you know, where in your memory do the storms go? But it all comes down to prior preparation. If you own an aircraft that may be in harm's way on the Gulf Coast or the eastern seaboard of the United States, you really need to be thinking about this. Um, I mean, I had to think about going back, you know, when I was in Northern California, our airport was three feet above sea level. We were in Southern California when the tsunami happened in Japan. Yeah. And I had to get my airplane out of Northern California because of the tsunami. <laughs> I think it's easier for people just not to think about it. Like, I don't want to say they turn a, turn a blind eye, but it's like, you know, oh, it's... It's fine. It's fine until the last minute. And then it's a panic mm -hmm. and you never want to be in that position where you're that person and they're looking at your airplane out on the ramp. And it's like, is someone going to come get this airplane? Because yeah. it's just terrible to watch something get crumpled out there because no one took action. And something to think about, even if you're up north for the summer and you have a vacant hangar somewhere in Florida, let your airport know that that, that hangar is available in, in case of a storm. I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, plan to have a long-term stay, but sure. but uh, it really helps the administration of the airport know when, when people are coming in and they're concerned. Uh, maybe they're out of town or they're not able to get their plane inside or they normally store it outside and, and they just have no way to move it. The airport and the FBO can assist moving that aircraft inside, and it really helps the, if the tenants would let the airport know that their hangar is available for emergency storage. Yeah, and if you evacuate your airplane out and you vacate your hangar, as Abby and I were dealing with just last week when we started getting, you know, prepared, as we started getting prepared a week out, uh, we were looking for shelter for a straight float airplane. My airplane was off airport uh, in annual, and we were looking for a hangar. So even if you vacate your 
your hangar and you're in a hurricane affected area, let someone know so they can, especially your airport manager, so they may be able to fill your hangar with an airplane in need of shelter. Yeah, I'd like to point out that Winter Haven really helped me out. So when we were looking for a hangar for that 172 on straight floats, it's that was very helpful because um, it's just, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast before. Some of these airplanes, you're not going to see them again. Yeah. If they're lost to a hurricane, they're gone. Yeah. I mean, well, the numbers my, are just my dwindling. And dwindling. Yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of 140s on floats, and that airplane in particular was a very historical airplane. Mm-hmm. Uh, be, it had a very colorful history. So it's important. It was very hard to let it go for that reason. Don't make it a loss. You know, just yeah. think ahead. And so relocating your aircraft, an, inco- an important consideration. You know, you have special flight permits that can be issued by the FAA to get an aircraft out of harm's way. So it has, still has to be somewhat flyable and safe, obviously, but if the aircraft isn't necessarily airworthy in every respect, a special flight permit can get the airplane to a safe location. Also, you know, consider the idea that, Steve, you're in California, your airplane's in Florida for whatever reason. I don't know. But who's going to fly your airplane out of harm's way if there's a hurricane bearing down on it? So consider your insurance policy. Do you have an open pilot warranty that allows someone else to fly your airplane out of harm's way? What are the qualifications? Who do you really want flying your seaplane, possibly an amphib? You know, are they current proficient? Is that a good idea? So kind of common sense there. Maybe not just, you know, the first person that comes up and says, I'll fly your airplane. Maybe, you know, think a little bit, current proficient, um, consider the seaplane schools that are around you that may have qualified people to fly your airplane out of harm's way if you're not able to relocate it yourself. And plan for this again in advance. Mm -hmm. You know, have someone Mm -hmm. on your insurance policy as a named pilot, have that open clause, but have an idea. If you're out of the area, if you're on business, if something comes in and you can't get back to your airplane, uh, have an idea of of who's going to relocate your airplane for you. Um, and, you know, we, we talk about waiting to the last minute and, you know, you have to think about what happens if you have a mechanical issue, you know, before you go depart. I can remember, I, I think last week we had an airplane out here plugged into a battery charger, you know, and so uh, literally plugged in coming into the terminal here who was stranded. If you're going to evacuate and you jump in your airplane and all of a sudden you have a mechanical issue, you know, how does that affect, you know, what's the weather implications of that delay? And do you now put yourself in an increasingly hazardous position because of this? So that's, again, why you want to be ahead of the storm, um, you know, way ahead of the storm. Absolutely. So we talked about relocating the aircraft, some of those considerations. So, Alex, you know, hangering the aircraft. I know we talked about if you are evacuating let the airport know so that they can possibly use your hangar for someone else to house their airplane but what are some other considerations if you're hangering your aircraft through a storm yeah you know hangering an aircraft may not be a bad option it depends on the severity of the storm Um, uh, most of i'd say if not all of the hangar buildings um, here at the winter haven airport made it through hurricane irma without incident Mm -hmm. and and that was a powerful hurricane uh, so the, the hangars are built well, and, and they can withstand, uh, they're rated to withstand, you know, the winds that we, we you know, you typically expect during the hurricanes. But mm-hmm. uh, ultimately, you know, the, the decision is going to be made up to the pilot. Uh, we're going to do every effort we can to get the air, all aircraft on the airport hangared. And it, it may not be possible just, uh, you know, due to the capacity. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, it's just it's all, everybody working together to make that happen. Yeah, and I have to give you a lot of credit and the airport and the city council and everyone that have worked so hard on the structures here on the airport. 
because I've literally occupied hangers, uh, rented hangers, and Abby and I had a conversation earlier on this, where, you know, it was a drag and drop hanger, a T hanger, and the entire framework around the base of the hanger was completely rusted uh, to the point that it was incredibly weak. And in a big storm, uh, I would have been more concerned about the hangar being a liability than anything else. Matter of fact, even if my airplane was tied down on the ramp, I would have considered this hangar as a liability because the the attachment hardware and, and the structure around the base of the hangar were in such poor shape. Um, so it, it would have been a kite. And that's where I have to, you know, Winter Haven Airport has done a great job with that. The, the integrity of these hangars is about as good as I think you'll find. Yeah, and some of the other things that the airport does that can, that can help with that is uh, all loose items, fire extinguishers, things around the field mm-hmm. are being collected, and they and they get stowed properly inside a building. Anything that could become a projectile afterwards, spill kits. Uh, we top both of our aviation refueling trucks, not just so that they're heavy, but also <laughs> because we're likely going to lose power, and uh, power loss at the fuel farm uh, could result in the airport being without fuel. So we have both of our aviation refuel trucks ready to rock, and that will typically be used in emergency response efforts uh, uh, first, uh, if if need be. Hopefully, that's not, not something that would be needed. But uh, ultimately, when the power comes back online, we would resume regular fuel sales. So hopefully, you know, the storm passes and they're trying to do emergency missions, um, relief efforts. Hopefully, you don't have anyone going out shooting touch and goes. <laughs> you don't have 50 people that have been dying to do touch and goes and using all your fuel. So. Well, it's a, fuel is an important consideration. Absolutely. Uh, all the fuel farms in our area in, during Hurricane Irma were without mm-hmm. power. And mm-hmm. it was wow. like uh, every, wow. uh, you could see it across the state of Florida. There was a, a, a large fuel shortage mm-hmm. because of that. And so the timeliness of this podcast and discussion, literally over the weekend, uh, the, uh, Sunday morning, we repositioned my airplane back here. And I was getting calls looking for jet fuel because they were evacuating a turbine seaplane and needed to find jet fuel. And here we are on 4th of July holiday weekend on a Sunday morning. And their local airport did not have full service or self-service jet fuel when they were looking to come here. And thankfully, the airport was open and we do have fuel available. But that's a consideration to think about in these storms is, again, Okay, so on top of the fact that we have a storm approaching, we have a storm approaching on a holiday weekend when FBOs and airports might not have normal service hours. So if you're planning to evacuate, that could be a major consideration, especially in a seaplane where you need a straight float or other airplane where you have greater fueling considerations. It's already pretty interesting trying to fuel in the water. So now you're doing it (laughs) holiday weekend. Yeah, it's... You know, worst case scenario, like Steve said, just think ahead, plan ahead. That's the entire theme of this podcast. <laughs> yes. So hangering the aircraft, certainly an option. Make sure that the structural integrity of the hangar is there like they are at Winter Haven Airport. So Alex, the next one, and I really want this to be a big chunk of our conversation, tying down the aircraft. <laughs> so we see that on the ramp, and I got to tell you, it makes me nervous. I've seen, I've gone out, you know, I think it might have been after Irma, but I'm not sure. And there was something that was left out here. And amazingly, this thing made it through. I don't know what kind of internal damage, if anything, or any sort of, you know, interior avionic damage, whatever, water that got in the airplane. But all that I saw was the tie down on the tail got pulled out. Absolutely amazing. The aircraft made it through. And I I don't know if it was just the positioning, if they did everything right, except, you know, move or hang or the airplane. 
but it made it through. So what are some considerations if you want to tie down your airplane through a storm? Yeah, they're very lucky. I was managing a nearby airport, Lake Wales, and at the time of Hurricane Irma, and we had an aircraft on tie down that detached and uh, did a few loops across the apron before it uh, it ran into the fence. Oh. And uh, we found it, of course, uh, attached to the fence, still with its tie down ropes tied on. But (laughs) you know how it goes with the uh, shape of the wing, which is great for taking off. And flight is also uh, works against you in the form of a hurricane coming through, and it uh, it'll just violently uh, rip at those tie down ropes until they break, and uh, so that's that was the case there. Yeah, I would definitely say tying tying your aircraft down outside with a hurricane approaching is your least option. I would yeah. definitely uh, we, we do everything we can to help our tenants get the aircraft secured inside, but there are some some, some mitigating uh, factors there, including installing chocks. Uh, you can deflate the tires uh, to try to help keep it solid on the ground. Uh, make sure the tie-down ropes are nice and, and uh, tied and secure. And Again, then- uh, kudos to Winter Haven because uh, as we travel across the country, and I'm sure every pilot is well-versed in this and experienced, uh, some of the tie-down ropes that we see at airports are atrocious. And uh, Winter Haven's done a great job of maintaining really good tie-down Line. Thank you. Yeah, I would recommend ha- having a set of your own just in case. Because ah, uh, look, I didn't yeah, even uh, see. Uh, <laughs> well, and it, just because you never know where you're going to go, and with the problem, the trouble with us with all the afternoon showers we get all summer, they dry rot real easily because yeah. it's so hot during the day, and then it rains over and over again. So what you know, wet and dry. Uh, but but uh, thank you for that, and it does go a long way. You nef- definitely need to have strong, mm-hmm. uh, sturdy, uh, durable ropes to, to tie the aircraft down to make sure that they stay secure to the ground. Uh, and then other than that, it's it's really just a matter of picking up debris and fodder mm-hmm. around the airport. Uh, even small uh, small rocks and, and uh, can can do damage at that velocity. So it's it's important for the airport. And uh, do yourself a favor and take a look around the apron before you walk away uh, for the last time and make sure that you don't see anything out there that could be a projectile. Yeah, and don't be uh, hesitant to pick it up if you see stuff out there. So I'm going to jump in here on my experience, things that pilots need to do if you're tying down your aircraft. Uh, number one, lock all your doors and windows. Make sure they're really secure. Uh, the doors on the 120 are anything but secure. And one of the ways you can deal with a, a lot of doors on, on our GA aircraft and on seaplanes don't have really securing uh, door and window uh, ability. So if you can get a really high quality uh, aircraft cover that you can secure and uh, hope you know in, in high wind forces, the aircraft cover in a lot of times will help secure those doors. Uh, also, the canvas on aircraft covers can really protect our fabric airplanes from projectiles. Uh, a lot of times you'll get a penetration on the fabric of a super cub or something like that. Whereas if you have an aircraft cover on, um, they are going to give you some protection against flying debris. So uh, if you have aircraft covers, I really highly suggest you using them. Um, also, anything hanging off the aircraft, uh, peanut tube covers, things like that with flags on them. You might want to cut the flag off or take the flag off and leave the peanut tube on, but not have things like that that, that will damage the aircraft in high winds. Um, think about even your loose lines on your tie downs, uh, how they're going to be affected. They're going to be whipping the airplane. They'll literally destroy the fabric on your wings. If you have a loose tail on your tie downs, it hurts so, my heart to think of a fabric airplane. Outside I know, during a I know, I um, know. And yes, of course, you know, rope smacking with the wind blowing, you know, it'll 70 just shred plus the airplane. 
It'll just shred oh, it. It'll yikes. be like bear claws on the airplane. Yeah. Uh, so again, as Alex said, uh, make sure your uh, parking brake is on as long as that's okay with your FBO and uh, with your aircraft POH. Uh, considering deflating the tires, I, th- I think that's probably one of the least things we can do, but it's still very effective. Make sure that the wheels are chalked. I thought uh, this was an interesting because when Steve and I were talking about this episode, you know... <laughs> And Alex said this too, the airplane is going to fly. Like the airplane wants to fly more so than it wants to roll. So you deflating the aircraft, like deflating the tires, that's great. But also like it still wants to go up. Um, You know, I know that over at Browns, what we do with the floats that we have just on the ramp, we fill them with water. Yeah. So put that weight in there and maybe. So there's a very good consideration if you have to leave your straight float aircraft Mm -hmm. on a ramp. Uh, consider flooding the floats. Just don't forget to pump them out before you leave. Yes. <laughs> um, I, you know, going back to Andrew, I remember we were 50 miles from where the eye came across and uh, I was sitting in an FBO that I was managing at the time. And we had a caravan amphib on the ramp right next to the terminal building where I was in riding the hurricane out. And the caravan was literally flying on the chains. What did you say? It was like 18 inches. Yeah, it was, it was 18. I mean, it was I mean you could, it, it was, yeah, very significant. Wow. And this caravan was off the ground, tied down on amphibs. Wow. And, and so, you know, that again, um, really gets uh, your attention when you see stuff like that going on, especially a caravan on amphibs. And that had uh, uh, evacuated from Marathon. The airplane was based in Marathon. Um, so make sure you install all your gust locks. Make sure they're really secure. Uh, again, take flags off of them, anything like that that may be slamming around that could pull them off and create more damage. And what I really like is, you know, in Alaska, it's really common to see wing covers that have lift-destroying devices. And uh, there's a company um, called Alaska Wing Covers uh, that makes a mesh wing cover for high wind situations. And again, I see this all over in Alaska, and I don't see it as much anywhere else. But they literally have lift-destroying devices built into the wing cover. So not only do you get protection for your wings with the with the cover being on them, mm-hmm. but you destroy some of that lift potential of the wings uh, by these uh, wing covers. So those are some things to think about. Uh, also, don't depend on wherever you're going, having those good tie-down lines. Uh, make sure that you bring your own tie-down lines or you know, uh, tie down straps. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that the FBO, the airport is there to assist you, but they're not, you know, in charge of your airplane. Like it's, it's your airplane. You're the owner operator pilot. So they're going to do whatever they can. I imagine to keep your airplane safe, but at the end of the day, they don't have liability for it. It's your airplane. Yeah. So bring lines, you know, use common sense, move the airplane. Um, you, you can't just leave it for someone else to deal, deal with. That's just not fair to anyone. Yeah, and one of the good tricks we learned of actually from Phil Lockwood and the AirCam guys mm-hmm. is when we're traveling around the Bahamas, we literally carry a, a cordless impact uh, driver to drive anchors into the run or into the ramps, which are concrete in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. I wouldn't suggest doing this on a paved uh, asphalt, tarmac yeah. uh, or, or an asphalt one, but on the concrete ones, they uh, you know we literally take uh, impact driver with us drill into the concrete and put our own tie downs in because most of the places we go in the Bahamas, they don't even have tie downs. And even a thunderstorm coming through could destroy airplanes on a remote island, making it very uh, uncomfortable. 
Um, also, one more thing, and then I'm going to throw it to Abby, is uh, make sure if you're using ratchet straps, you're not using open hooks, or if you're using aircraft tie-downs that have hooks on them, uh, I would really uh, discourage you from doing so, because as the line becomes slack, the hook can come off. I use a, a high-strength marine stainless steel uh, pin anchor shackle, or a quick link, uh, and I get really good ones from like West Marine, a good marine uh, supply store that are way above the rating I need. Usually they're like 6,000 or pound tensile strength on them. But don't use any connector because if you use an open-ended connector or just a, a quick clip or something like that, there's very little strength in that. Use a high-strength marine stainless steel, like I said, pin anchor shackle I like a lot. And I use those instead of anything with a hook on it. So, Abby, why don't you talk to us about some of the uh, how to properly tie down the aircraft in the first place? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, if you're going to tie down the airplane through a hurricane, know how to tie down the airplane through a hurricane. Make sure your lines are long enough. You know, it doesn't really work if you got (laughs) four inches of spare rope once you bring it through the um, through the eye hook or, you know, don't tie it around the strut. Those are pretty easy to bend especially on seaplanes, especially on cups. I'm trying to think of what it is, but that is thin, thin metal. And you are going to just bend those things and you will end up destroying the airplane more so. than. So have a proper tie down place on the aircraft, which on a seaplane, a lot of times when you take the tailwheel off of a super cub or a cub, Mm -hmm. they don't actually put a proper tie down area on the aircraft. It's true. It's true. Yeah. So, you know, properly know how to tie down your airplane, but really the preferred idea is relocating, hangering. The FAA actually put out this um, this AC. It's AC 20-35 Charlie, and it's called Tie Down Sense. So certainly, you know, read up on how to properly tie down your airplane if you are choosing to leave it outside. 45 degree angles on your lines. 45 degree angles. Um, it's a bowline knot. Weighted anchors or cement to secure the aircraft on the ground. Make sure they're heavy enough to stay grounded during hurricane force winds. And um, (laughs) Steve had mentioned this. I haven't had the pleasure of doing this, but using tie downs on a frozen lake. Yes, in Alaska. So probably not hurricanes. hurricanes. Yeah, but I still think that's interesting to talk about. So yeah, there's a whole nother, you know, there's so much wisdom to be learned out of what happens in Alaska and uh, putting the, again, that applies to the Bahama thing about Mm -hmm. putting, uh, taking tie downs with you and installing them in concrete ramps where you need to. I would ask for, yeah, I would ask for forgiveness uh, from the airport manager if there was a question on it after the fact. We try to be very respectful, do it in a logical way that makes sense where someone else can come along and use the tie downs you know, next time around. But again, uh, it's something to think about. A good thing, you see a lot of airports have a cable just running down the flight line for you to tie down the aircraft to as well. And unless there's some stops on those cables, what you have to think about is you may be you know, keeping the airplane from going vertical, but, but it's there's sliding. it's nothing stopping <laughs> it from there being a ball of airplanes at that exactly. end of the cable. So exactly. uh, again, I would be hesitant to tie my airplane to a cable unless I had no other choice. Uh, that might be something to consider. Absolutely. So we all know that there's pilots out there who see the need to help after a natural disaster. And we really commend you guys. You know, you see like, you know, 
flooding, there's, there's food insecurity, you know, people don't have access to water. That will be a future episode talking about, you know, the dangers Hurricane of Hurricane relief and disaster relief. Yes, not putting yourself in a position where now you're in need of help. Yes, it's while a, you were trying to help someone else. But really we commend you you guys that are doing those relief efforts. So stay tuned. That's a future episode. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. I oh. really appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> thank you. I enjoyed it. I hope everybody can get through a safe hurricane season this year. Yeah, yes, really. let's knock on wood. <laughs> that we are going to have an uneventful hurricane season here in Winter Haven, Florida, and that our members are not going to be affected by hurricanes this hurricane season. We want you all to stay safe. If it ever comes down, let's let's review the key points of this episode. Definitely. Number one, uh, plan in advance. Uh, do your hurricane and evacuation planning in advance as another storm squall comes through yeah, overhead. <laughs> uh, and number two, don't put yourself in harm's way to save your aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about you and your family first and deal with your aircraft as a secondary consideration. And think about all the stresses that come on you in a, a stressful situation like an emergency with a hurricane evacuation. Think about are you safe to fly the airplane? Is the aircraft safe to be flown? And are the weather conditions safe? So don't put yourself in danger. You know, airplanes can be replaced. We don't like that, but they can. If a uh, worst case scenario, uh, take care of yourself and your family first. So thank to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in this week. We know it's a very specific uh, episode for those of us who have to deal with hurricanes and storms, but we hope it's been informative. And until next time, we hope you stay safe, especially those uh, that will be affected by this tropical storm and the tropical storms and hurricanes in the future. So we look forward to talking to you next week. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying.